Involve. Solve. Evolve. Welcome to Cloud Crunch, the podcast for any large enterprise planning on moving to or is in the midst of moving to the cloud. Hosted by the cloud computing experts from Second Watch, Jeff Aiden, co-founder and executive vice president of marketing and business development, Ian Willoughby, chief architect cloud solutions, and Skip Berry, executive director of cloud enablement. And now, here are your hosts of Cloud Crunch. Hey, good afternoon, listeners. Jeff Aiden here. I'm joined by two of the smartest guys I know, Skip Berry and Ian Willoughby. We're bringing you Cloud Crunch again, and listeners, we appreciate for listening in. And as we kicked off the last two shows, we're looking forward to getting in more in-depth over the next couple of episodes and starting this week off with a reInvent update. It's been a few months since reInvent and uh, you know, walking around Seattle every day kind of feels like reInvent with so many Amazonians, they just keep hiring. Uh, but what we wanna do in the show with Ian and Skip is take a look back at what we thought was some of the five big takeaways from reInvent and what are customers asking about today? Um, either that might change that or what are customers seeking to do? So why don't we start off, Ian, with you and let's take a look at one of the highlights that you saw coming out of reInvent and today what you see customers asking for. Well, I think the biggest highlight that we continue to see, it's an ongoing trend is security related. Security is, as they say, everybody's job and it's getting easier to some degree. There's a lot of tools that are going to give more visibility and uh, I think it was expected I think it was just really good in what we did see. Continuation of Security Hub, Macy, uh, some of the other tools out there I'm sure we'll get into. But it's just what everybody needs, everybody is concerned about, and it's just continuing to grow. Well, you know, in, you know, last year we kind of talked about the history, right? Security's not new or not a new concern in IT, let alone cloud computing, right? But a lot of users have kind of got over that the year. So, so with what was released, security related, how does that make your job easier or customer more secure? I think first, because now there's such a breadth of uh, services related to security, it could be a little bit confusing. But ultimately, these tools, when you put them all together, are giving you not only the security controls that you need for a good cloud deployment, but it's also giving the visibility that customers need to know where they are. And it will also create the evidence needed for what, when they do audits and for compliance and those types of things. Skip, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it segues into one of the biggest announcements about you know, the access management, access analyzer. That's a, a need for the customers. We've been, um, a couple of our principal consultants have been doing this uh, manually by scripting about being able to generate you know, findings across uh, customers' accounts and policies and what have they. Uh, so now with that announcement at reInvent, this is a huge win for customers and clients that we have. Uh, to leverage that service that's been announced. So And so, you know, reInvent was December there. So how soon after that were you and your team implementing Access Analyzer? Yeah, um, one in one case, uh, I'll say immediately in a POC environment where we're trying it out as we go through uh, is a big migration at one of our clients. So we're testing it in that, in that realm, uh, in a sandbox area. And then I'll say just of this last week, uh, un, you know, we, we got pulled into a situation. I don't want to elaborate more, but um, but an S3 uh, environment where we're looking at this to help mitigate uh, a situation where it could potentially be 
a little bit, we'll say overzealous access to a S3 bucket. So, so you immediately saw a demand and, and are working with a, a large client on a POC and, and other customers are asking you about that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just think about it. I guess if we take a step back and with all the conversations that we've had, well, in, in the podcast and, and outside the podcast, the complexity these days of looking at you know anyone's footprint, whether it be in a you know in a single cloud platform or just multi cloud, uh, this is a huge game changer. It helps people bring things in uh, and quick analyze. Um, you know, kind of using um, I think they're doing ML here uh, as well uh, to 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 look at things and prove uh, where they're exposed. So it's it's a really neat feature. All right, we got two of the five in. What's the next one that you were excited about or maybe weren't that excited about but you're seeing customers immediately want to leverage? Well, I think, you know, the continuation of uh machine learning and AI is definitely something that people are very interested in. I think uh we're starting to see a trend now where customers realize that they have enormous amounts of data that's siloed, but how are they going to actually make it valuable? And the tools are getting a lot easier to to help catalog, discover, analyze, and those types of things. So I think, you know, the continuation of, you know, and we have Deep Composer here as well, which I just find fascinating to me. I I don't have a business use for it, but it, it's pretty fun. Uh, and then I was also very excited to see the continuation of the Deep Racer League, which gives a lot of people kind of hands-on understanding of how models work and, and will get their skill sets up on uh on the, on the machine learning side. So you brought up an interesting point, you know, for some reason we didn't enter a deep racer. Are you and skip going to take that on this year and have a cloud crunch racer? Yes. Yes, we are. Absolutely. We've been challenged. We've been challenged. <laughs> We've been We're going to have jackets and everything. Look out for us at uh, the summits and uh, at reInvent. I'm seeing a theme start to develop here, guys. Hey, Ian, one, one other thing, just circle back with what you said, you know, ALMI, right? Big topics of conversations. But at the end of the day, I mean, check me on this. Isn't the problem still getting all the data in one spot? It truly is. Because as we talked about before, data is highly siloed in enterprises. And you need to get it all into one area. And it doesn't matter about the format in a lot of cases. But at least getting it there, getting it cataloged, and that will help the data scientists and, and others really begin to unlock the value of it and, and do the analysis to determine where they can use this to maybe forecasting uh, sentiment or whatever else they may want to do. Right. And Skip, your team has done a number of data lakes and you know we're seeing an increased volume on that side, right, to help solve for those problems. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good segue, too, to maybe someday in the future have um, – you know, our, our practice data engineering had come on and talk about that as well. But in general, uh, to that point, it's about getting the people um, focused on the outcome of what they want to do. You know, again, actionable data, right? What you want to do to leverage the data that you can collect as opposed to just building. Uh, so what, you know, from an AWS perspective, uh, with the announcements there, really what, what this has helped us do is, you know, basically preform what is needed to actually go from an infrastructure perspective to get to that outcome. Right. So again, it's not so much about building this elaborate uh, monstrosity. It's about getting to the end game of how we're going to get there and leverage the data that you have at your fingertips. Great. Well, Skip, uh, you know, bring us with the fourth one from reInvent or, or as of today that that you're seeing customers have demand for. Yeah, I think the the image builder is a big step forward, uh, which has helped a lot of clients. Uh, and and again, just to reference some real time stuff, where we are in the throes of a couple of big migration with a few customers of us 
this has helped uh, enhance, I will say, our mean time to deliver images. And again, take out some, I'll say, um, some unnecessary work in the, in the waste of uh, just building uh, images. So, so really, it's been uh, easier and faster to basically build and, and maintain and then back to the security aspect of it. So uh, this has simplified a lot of things. Uh, so the EC2 image builder uh, has been a huge boon uh, so far with two big clients through two big migration efforts that were going underway. Yeah, that one seemed like a no-brainer, but but let's break it down a little bit, both for you know the the later adopters that are new to the cloud, or even some of the more advanced ones that have been using you know like HashiCorp, you know Code Builder, Code Pipeline. What's different? Just give me the the basic level. What's different about this for them? Uh, it's a good question. I guess for it's about a repeatable pattern, best practices brought in. You know, being again, you know, just just not leaving anything, I'll say, up to unnecessary choice. It's almost defined for you on what you need to put in. So really get from your handcrafted images all the way through like a, a recipe, if you will, that that basically makes it, you know, solid, right? Leaves less exposure or things that perhaps you thought about, you know, afterthought and had to go back and retouch it or what have you. So really it's about basically polishing the stone. Yeah, it takes out some of that human error on security configurations, you know, operation tooling, right, and patching for the customer. Yeah, there was a there was a report back um I, I don't know, you know, again back this last fall or even late summer about, you know, 98% of infrastructure as code is insecure. I think it was McAfee that published the report. Um, we can find that and actually uh, quote that or what have you. But this really, again, this is one of those advancements there that help narrows down that um, that exposure. Yeah, we'll try so. to find that and put that in the show notes as well as make it available for our listeners. Ian, uh, we got one more. What do you got for us? Well, you know, going full circle, going to the cloud and now coming back on prem. Uh, Outposts seem to have a lot of traction, a lot of excitement around it. And uh, it's a fascinating world when uh, you can augment your cloud with uh, on-prem equipment, which is fantastic because it gives you one platform and one system to, to work with. So all the automation and those types of things are there. Adds a lot of value for uh, two particular segments that, that we've seen a lot of traction on. That would be manufacturing when uh, equipment needs to be close to the compute and latency is, is a big issue. Also, there are a lot of uh, customers out there, enterprises that have enormous amounts of data, and that data is what makes them valuable. They want to keep that close to themselves and not necessarily move that into the cloud because uh, it could be for security reasons. It could be for cost, data transport, latency, and those types of things. So I think those two segments are where we're finding uh, it very interesting. doesn't really start with Outpost to get to the cloud. You know, It's something that kind of comes secondarily to it. Yeah, it's interesting. Was was it two years ago, three years ago? We'll have to check on it when what Snowball came out, kind of the the prelude to what we were seeing today with Outpost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was a little bit of a compute available there, but now you're starting to see all the services and being sized appropriately for uh, whatever you need to do. And it's nice. It appears as though it's just another availability zone in, in the console or when you're going to do some automation. Back to the, what we talked about in the last podcast about just data uh, domain and you know where data lives and what have you. This helps solve some of those problems and back to bring it full, full circle, even to like data lakes and where you have data that you want to report on and you can't put it in the public cloud, but you need it to be you know in a particular jurisdiction or have special rules. Uh, this is another avenue for clients to actually leverage and build basically a data lake with outposts that have your fully managed service 
and extends obviously to AWS infrastructure. So really cool there to pull all that together. And and customers are are interested in this coming out of reInvent still today. Yeah, big. Uh, I'll say uh, you know eyes wide open. Everybody's really excited about how this um, evolves and rolls out. And we are a premier partner to actually go and deliver this. Yeah, we are one of the launch partners, right, Skip? And and what's unique about this is for your team that's delivering the pro services, they can still sit on a plane or they can be in an office, they can be next to the customer, they can be anywhere and still launch services off this because Amazon will rack it, stack it, and prepackage it right to the customer's doorstep, right? Exactly right, yes. So it takes all the hassle out of it. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat, you know. And there, uh, I'll say from a from an AWS perspective, you know, they're really tight on that, right? So, you know, where we've seen other things that look like appliances before in our long tenured career here, and then there's exception this, exception that. You know, AWS is really driving this from a you know making sure that we look at this from what it what it is and what it isn't, right? And that saves us um, a lot of um, I'll say uh, uh, questionable or what have you what the customer wants. This is to come in and basically be. Uh, in essence, a, a local zone, if you will, uh, as as they quoted that. And uh, this is just great. We can, as you said, Jeff, we can work on it from anywhere. So, and Ian, you know, correct me. This you can also launch VMware Cloud on AWS on this service as well. So you can extend extend your VM environment into Outpost. That's correct. There are two uh, Outpost variants, and and one being VMC, and the other one being basically EC2 with all the normal Amazon services. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Those are five highlights. Is there anything we missed that was exciting coming out or anything that, you know, has piqued customers interest coming out of reInvent three months post reInvent that you want to add to the show as a bonus for our listeners? I was going to ask Ian what he thought, you know, when we talked about security, just in general, what about Amazon detective? What do you think? Yeah, I think the machine learning aspects of, of what's going on there is, is really going to, take security to the next level. You know, we've been very reliant on humans and logs and, and very systematic heuristics in order to detect security problems. I think machines can do it much faster and better and detect new new patterns that did not exist before. So I think this is going to be a, a very, very solid attempt at uh, getting there in a more secure environment. Yeah. So if you if you roll all the way through, like from Security Hub all the way down through IAM, you know, Access Analyzer, and then all the way through uh, Amazon Detective, it's a great solid showing of announcements from the security perspective of where AWS today is today. You know, yeah, I think the uh, the fear or confusion that comes to place is that you may have done a fantastic job deploying a foundational architecture that's very secure, but you're going to have to go back and revisit these new launches as well to see how they fit into the whole picture for a good security posture. And it could be a little bit overwhelming, but uh, I think that most of the tools are pretty simple at the end of the day. When you get, get them going, a lot of cases, there's a, a free period where you can try before you buy. So I think that's that's the best approach behind it. Hey, guys, let's not gloss over you know what you guys said about security and, and kind of what we talked about on the last show. It's getting less expensive to use the cloud, and it's getting more secure and almost foolproofing some of the human aspects or even coding aspects with some of these cloud native tools. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think it's approaching that, you know, they're, they're, humans are probably the biggest problem that we have with security at the end of the day. They're the ones that are going to do the misconfigurations and go outside the guidelines. So that's what we have to be concerned about. 
But the tools are getting better. I mean, there's tools now that they've launched that look at source code to make sure that it's in much better shape than it was before. Uh, and so it goes through the whole life cycle of software development, infrastructure deployment, and those types of things. We just uh, still have to watch the, the human element, make sure that we set up the access controls, least privilege don't go away, and those types of things. Yeah, my comment there would be, you know, better every day, right? I know, Jeff, you and I joked about this earlier this week, but that's a great saying. And it is. It, it truly is. Um, you know, in the cloud, it's better every day as opposed to on-prem, uh, just by nature of inherent design of being away from humans, being physically uh, able to touch um, hardware uh, configuration, those kind of things. And obviously, if we look at the software side of things or the soft side of things, uh, the more automation we get in here, as we mentioned about uh, the security advancements that we made with the with the announcements from AWS, and then likewise across everything, uh, you know, the ML AI aspect or what have you. Yeah, it's just going to continue to be hardened every day. So yeah, it doesn't solve all the problems of of humans, right? But it's it's getting a step in that direction. And the other thing I'd note is our first reinvent was maybe five thousand people, and I think there was over sixty five thousand people attending this year. The labor market for experts in cloud computing is still limited, and that's why companies partner with companies like Second Watch. But those educational events, the summits, reInvent, great opportunity for people to advance their learning and knowledge. Well, guys, I think we came away with probably six or seven good takeaways for listeners. And pretty much the recap of this show is it's about data and security. Right. And those are the things that customers are focused on. And next week, we're going to talk about some of the five biggest lessons we've learned over a decade. Thanks, Skip and Ian. Always a pleasure talking to you and always learning something from each one of you. Thanks, Jeff. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. You've been listening to Cloud Crunch with Jeff Aiden, Ian Willoughby, and Skip Berry. For more information, check out the blog, secondwatch.com slash company slash blog, or reach out to Second Watch on Twitter.